Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. The three of us are back together, so that is pretty exciting. I'm finally off the grid, or on the grid, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you guys. We don't have a guest today, so it's just going to be us. It's going to be one of our just chatty episodes. Yeah, I think there's a lot to catch up on, personally. I think there's a lot of good listen entertainment um, ahead of ahead for whoever's tuning in, because what are we going to cover? We're going to talk about Garrick, we're gonna. I want to know, or I think everyone wants to know the real guts of van life. Was it as glamorous? You spent all this time getting ready for it. I want to know how many times you had to use that shitter in the van. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, then we'll start talking about the climate of the race scene because it has drastically changed, in my opinion, again, due to some cancellations, which I didn't think were going to happen, obviously, if you listen to the other episodes. And then Jackson has become basically an overnight race director where he's growing gray hairs, losing his mind and complaining to everyone and trying to like, get I'm, not complained. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 all right. This is my narrative, Jackson. You can, you'll have your time to tell your truth. <laughs> and then we'll talk about what's next. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening. We're still involved in the tri world, um, heavily keeping up to date on what's going on. But first Garrick, dude, let me know. I mean, what I guess what provinces and what territories have you been driving through over the last week and tell us about your journey from end to end man give us the good the bad and the uh yeah I think well we started upon the journey I think we kind of touched upon on an earlier episode when I was we were just a couple weeks in it was pretty exciting you know finishing the van spending the whole entire winter converting it and sacrificing some training and that was incredibly frustrating and then COVID hit and we had to push it back and then we changed our journey completely and headed out West in Canada instead of heading basically to you, Nick, and then uh, venturing along the West coast in the States. And it was good. I mean, we took the week off to drive out there. We took our time driving out there. It's, I think it's 48 hours from like total driving, leaving from Ontario, like Southern Ontario to the end of, uh, the country to the west coast <laughs> and oh so we took gosh. our time took our time we took i don't know six or seven days to get out there on the way out and that was a lot of fun uh canada is huge man it's insane and there's nothing in the middle <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true how many yeah. how many liters of coffee did you go through on that long haul out there <laughs> uh I, a lot i think i had well i had about uh, probably two red bulls a day heading out there no not so much heading out we really took our time and we slept in in the morning and we didn't leave till nine and we'd roll into our campsite at like six o'clock the next day five o'clock like we we really paced it heading out there which was which was awesome and we thought oh that's this is awesome you know this is like van life we had campsites pre-booked everywhere we were going for the first half of our trip and we're so it was super easy like life was easy and the van was great no trouble uh and then, well, uh, yes. we, <laughs> we, we spent some awesome time in the mountains, in the campsites, national parks. You know, I was getting tons of training in 
it was awesome. The riding was amazing. Uh, my bike sponsor, Aquila, hooked me up with a gravel bike before the trip. So I was just hitting like single track trails in the mountains and doing all this gnarly stuff that I would never be able to do if I was getting ready to race. So with that regards, I don't know what the van life is going to be like going to a race, but, or even really a training camp because I was kind of just training how I wanted. Some weeks I'd hit 20, 25 hours, some weeks I'd hit 12 hours and it was really like the COVID training kind of thing. And the way I looked at it when we were in really the second half of our trip was I, I kind of let the pressure go with training because I realized that I had this opportunity to have this amazing trip for five weeks that I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do again without triathlon training, like serious training, getting ready for a race in the summer until who knows, maybe I'm 40 or something. And so I really just, you know, relaxed and did what I wanted, did some hikes, which was awesome. Like I never get to hike and I love hiking. We did some epic hikes. I think we did, we did one hike that it was about six to so 12 K round trip, but the first six K had over a thousand meters of elevation gain. Nice. <laughs> and then turn back and come back. And that's something I just never get to do without it, but without this time off. And I think it was really refreshing for me because I've always wondered in terms of like what it would be like to have a real summer, you know, cause you don't get that with triathlon. I think I've always wondered. And now, you know, I got to do it and I realized, well, you know, I love triathlon a lot more than free time. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Oh wait, what once before you start going down the other road there, yeah. uh, tell us about being van locked up in small quarters with your significant other for a couple of weeks on end. How'd that go? Yeah, so it honestly wasn't as bad as as we thought. We're I think we're we're both really easygoing people and being on top of each other and like getting in each other's way doesn't really aggravate either of us. Uh, I might have, you know, like pushed Morgan's buttons a little more just to see, <laughs> kind of, because yeah, so you you guys, uh, just to test, yeah. But it was, I was great. Morgan was my number. Morgan, pretty much when I'm training alone, she's my number one training partner. She came out on the bike on almost every run with me. She kayaked almost every swim that I could get in, and she even That's came stellar. on a, f- a few rides with me. So for us, yeah, we pretty much live as as training partners. Just she bikes when I run and kayaks when I swim. <laughs> uh, so yeah, our lives kind of flow pretty easily together and our schedules really fit because, well, we had nothing else to do and she loves to hike too. So it was easy for me to talk her into hiking. She would get mad at me because the hikes I think were maybe a little hard for her sometimes. <laughs> Did you have to like leave but, her in the dust and come back and do like leapfrog? Like, Oh, I'll come back for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, I think we, uh, I, we had to take a lot of breaks. <laughs> especially doing the the hermit trail that we did which was like a thousand meters over a thousand meters elevation in 6k which is nice. I, I don't know what that is in feet but yeah well and, that's like it's a almost a 20 percent grade the whole time yeah yeah it's pretty much just straight up and switchbacks it's insane yeah are you gonna are you gonna put any videos on our real triathlon podcast youtube yeah. channel so we did an epic ride like me and my buddy and I have the video edited and everything. I just I couldn't get it uploaded. So that should go up pretty soon if I can find the time to upload. And so that would be an awesome for you guys to watch. I'm sure we'll post it on there. We got some sweet shots. We got drone shots. We got Morgan's shots from the car. I got handheld GoPro shots. It was cool. Uh, they look beautiful a, just from Instagram. 
Yeah, there's a short montage on our YouTube channel, which is Van Life Triathlon, which is you guys can check out. And that was pretty cool. But yeah, the full ride and a bit more detail will be posted on the Real Triathlon YouTube channel. But yeah, if you're, you want to know about some hardships, uh, yep. Well, Van broke so, down and instead. Yeah, Van never, <laughs> never actually broke down. Um, but we did. So we were in a, so there's one thing that you have to know about Canadians, and that's that every Canadian male has at one time been in a Canadian tire parking lot and had to fix something that's like okay man, manhood in canada like crossing the manhood even if but, it's at least like a bulb or something been yeah there. exactly even right. if you're changing I'll get new headlight. wiper blades on the old uh yeah <laughs> fiesta there yeah that's everybody's done that and uh we had a little trouble with our inverter it uh so i went back there to try and fix it i take the back off replace the fuses because they were blown just like Okay, try to fire it back up. Caught on fire while yes. I was in the van. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so I'm like trying to get it out and like throw it out the back. Oh, and uh, yeah, so that was our Canadian Tire venture. We knew we had to have one of those. So we bought an inverter at Canadian Tire and, and hooked it up. Uh, for those who don't know, an inverter changes. No, I did not. But yeah, an inverter switches 12 volt power from your battery to 110 or 120 for your regular plug-in kind of stuff so so that caught on fire that was our electrical stuff that was was that your fault is that you you wired it wrong oh no Did it was build it it was completely my fault because i had forgotten so i have uh a uh a breaker to switch it off when we plug in and so that and i forgot to switch it and we plugged in and it backfed into the inverter and fried the whole thing that'll do it yeah so Shit. it was completely was my fault like but doesn't like being backfed. Nope. <laughs> don't like back talk. Yeah. You don't want to do that either. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we, we got on Vancouver Island and we completely wild camped the whole time, which was really cool. There's uh, van life is for most people. It's nowhere like you see on YouTube. You see these glamorous vans and everybody. And most of it is just people with these dirty, grun grungy mattresses in the back of these beat up old vans. And they're all from Quebec. Nice. <laughs> nice so it was good and yeah the bathroom we haven't we haven't yet yet to use that bathroom i've been talking morgan into peeing in the bushes and i've been you know i'm always i've always been comfortable doing number one and number two in the bushes and you know women <laughs> well, it's women good for the environment yeah and women don't water. don't go number two so that's fine and oh yeah they don't even yeah. they don't even break wind no <laughs> so yeah, it's been Not awesome that uh but one thing i'm really excited so now that we're back we're, we're moving to Michigan. We're going to get settled in Michigan. One thing I'm really excited for, for the van is doing like weekend training camps and just like exploring what's around us and seeing what's around because you know, you, you kind of don't get to do these like one or two day trips when you don't have like an RV or something. And the van is super flexible because it's super small and we can basically park anywhere. We can go to any Walmart parking lot, spend the night it, and think about like races. Like how many times have you, has there been like this 5k that's two or three hours, four hours away. And it starts at like 7am, but there's like an epic field or even just like five fast guys show up, you know, and you know, it's consistently fast, but you can't go because it's in the morning. It's like three hours away. And now we can just pay for a hotel. 
yeah, you don't want to pay for a hotel for just like a 5k or something, but now we can just take the van, find a Walmart parking lot, spend the night and do the race in the morning and come home. So nice. pretty excited for that. Yeah. Cool. You've got your own home on wheels there, but I'm, I've always think, and it does sound glamorous, you know, van life. You always see that Epic picture of somebody like drinking coffee with like this mountain range out their van. And I'm like, yeah, that's like 10 minutes of your day. That's beautiful. But then the rest of it can't be that cool all the time, but I'm sure there's a lot and, of freedom and that's probably very nice. And those super cool camping spots are like, not that common like you spend a lot of nights in walmart parking lots or in a rest stop or something and the morning is yeah. is not like that right and it's it's loud and there's people showing up to walmart to shop because it's senior hours at 7 a.m right well we're usually <laughs> up by them but yeah oh <laughs> uh, you should you should do a compilation of like any like just totally grungy moments of van life like waking up in the morning dudes at the walmart like i thought you were open at 6 a.m <laughs> oh yeah. yeah 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 it's great the, the real van life so anyways that's freaking we're happy to have you back eric we've been we've been missing your your voice on the other end of this it's just been either myself solo jackson solo or i think we did one or maybe one thing as a duo so it's nice to get you back buddy it's um, been good i've been super envious listening and editing uh these podcasts and listening to awesome conversations you guys had. And then there's always a missed question that I wish I could have asked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yes. That's where we need you. Yeah. So moving along on our conversation topics today, uh, I I think I had a, a couple of low points over the last few days and maybe the whole, you know, North American contingent did, I guess, uh, where St. George Ironman was postponed i can't say canceled because i guess you know it's never canceled in iron man's book but it's not happening and then the next day they canceled the saint george marathon which was like if you live around in this area it used to bring like you know 30 40,000 people but now it's definitely much smaller however still everyone's banking on it and then just seemed like we were building momentum towards hey maybe we're gonna race again or maybe we're gonna be able to have some events and safely put these things on and now we're kind of still back in the old stuff we've been doing like just trying to find motivation and i think everyone who was planning to race in september at least in ironman type event is probably just like well now what so jackson you've yeah. got a plan what are you doing oh uh, yeah um i am retiring from triathlon and uh, <laughs> moved on to uh become a model so that's my calling no, there's more to love than being really, really ridiculously good looking all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm basically, okay, well, we had Barry Shepley on, which was last week? Was that last week? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was last week. So you guys have all listened to our, our episode, of course. And we kind of alluded to it briefly there, but he kind of came to us pros after we did his pro race, his little, you know, pro race with like six of us. And he's like, Hey guys, you know, if you want to get a race together, get sponsors together, make it happen. I can give you guys my facilities, you know, access for free to use as a donation to you guys to support it. And so, you know, we kind of started, you know, getting the, getting the ball rolling. Like what can we do here? So we first thought, Oh, we'll do a long course on his long course. 
um, bike route that he has. And then it's kind of like, well, then if we want to do a real race, we got to get the roads closed expensive. So then we're looking at his, his crit course is like private subdivision that he has, um, you know, exclusive access to, there's no cars and it's really short, but it's completely optimal for like viewing, getting any kind of video. Um, it's going to be a ton of loops. So it's going to be a little different trying to do like 20 loops on the bike, but we're like, okay, well we can work with this. This is free and no cost to, to put this up pretty much. And so then we started kind of just, getting people interested and saying, okay, how can we generate some funds? And our first kind of thought was, I think the triathlon community wants to get behind a race. They want to see a pro race. So let's put together what we originally planned as being like a GoFundMe. And then Montana, my partner took over and was like, no, that's unprofessional. I'm going to make a real website. So she spent a whole bunch of time making a real website, which is really cool. And, and it we looks put great together too. A bunch of, looks really good. Yeah. She's, she's good at, that type of stuff. And I would have been like completely lost trying to do that. You, so you still are buddy. We know. Yeah. So really it's, it's her that's doing everything. I'm just sitting here, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we're like, okay, well we can kind of create something that people actually get something out of. If we commit to saying, okay, sponsors, okay, fans, we're going to put together a real video production of a race that you guys can watch. And you know, if you contribute to this, this in a financial way we have different levels of kind of things we can give back it starts from just like a digital poster and it moves up from there you get some exclusive content and then sponsors are really coming through and and giving some really cool discounts and offers and we're going to have a couple draw prizes for people who um contribute the 50 dollar level so so yeah it's like it's just started taking this crazy momentum where I, I didn't even, couldn't even imagine how much interest we have now. We have a bunch of pros that are committed to it already. We have a bunch of money coming on the website already. Um, sponsors that have committed. So it's actually happening and there's a big, you know, we have a big partnership that is going to be announced soon that we're going to be, you know, basically our, our, our lead sponsor. And so, yeah, it's like crazy that it's actually happening. I don't, I never imagined what it would be like, you know, what it could have gotten to. And it's already, it's been a week that I've been trying to do this literally one week and me and Taylor Reed and, uh, and Barry Shepley has been huge just with his contacts and stuff. Like there's interest from CBC that might be doing the broadcast and like, it's just crazy. That's great. Um, and then so, Cody's been helping too. So it's been awesome to have those, the support of like everybody who wants to make this happen. So yeah, run us through the specifics of this race course. Like what's your vision of the layout? How are you going to have the race start? You know, what do the logistics look like on race day for athletes who are participating? And can you name names and can you highlight any big hand or I guess helping hands from sponsors along the way? Like what, what did you expect that you would get versus what you have? And then roll through that race course. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's go to the race course stuff first and then we'll get into the other stuff. So the race course, basically Barry has his quarry. It's a, it's a big body of water. We could do one 1500 meter loop. We're doing an Olympic distance. Um, but we're going to do three 500 meter loops. Um, so that's going to be better for getting like footage and just seeing the athletes coming out and stuff. And for the very select few, um, spectators that were able to actually kind of, have watched a race we need to keep total numbers under 100 so it's going to be 
really, really low, but, um, and then it's gotta be a break between the swim and then the bike run. So that's the one different thing about this race, just because of the locations we have available. Um, so we're going to time trial, start the swim, everybody 30 seconds apart. And then whatever your time was, that's the order you start on the bike and you just go off on your splits to the leader. So first person goes, if second place was 10 seconds lower, they go 10 seconds later. And then it's a bike straight into run at the basically subdivision. So the bike's going to be, we haven't completely finalized a course, but it's probably going to be just over 20 laps to get to 40 K on this just simple square loop. Um, and then the run is probably gonna be on the same loop, just kind of like over to the sides, really wide, wide roads and smooth roads, really easy to kind of have lots of space. So that's, that's kind of how the race is going to unfold. It's still going to be really exciting. It's going to be interesting because after the swim, we're going to like do athlete interviews and have, you know, just get a little bit more, you know, in depth from the athletes instead of just like following the race, seeing what happens. It's going to be a little bit uh, better than that. We might even have like interviews going on during the race. We're looking into doing something like that. So, um, yeah. What's the downtime just, between swim and bike? Has it, it depends. It's, it's, that's probably going to depend on the media production and what is required there. Um, depends if we go live with it or if we do like a post-production, which is what we were originally leaning to, but now there's discussions going on of what it would take to make it live. So yeah, it's going to be anywhere between like, you know, as little as 45 minutes and up to, it could be a couple hours. Um, so it's really going to just depend on what we can make the best video. I think but it's a cool yeah. format though. I think like given that deficit on the swim, you, you get that time trial start. So that's awesome. I think that's a cool dynamic. I think switching up the race, the standard race paradigm we're all in is like the best way to keep this sport fun and active. So that's awesome. Um, how many, like, what is the amount of competition you want? Like how many pro athletes you want there versus how many you have now? And what do you like, what are you going to do? Yeah. So right now, as far as like confirmed athletes that are definitely going, it's all people within driving distance, just because, um, we just need to wait till those funds come in to be able to support the athletes coming in from the West coast and stuff. Cause we want everyone to have the opportunity. So right now, myself, Cody Beals, and Taylor Reed on the men's side, Caroline Roy and Dominika Jamnicki on the women's side. Oh, and Tamara Jewett. Um, so we're gonna shoot for ten men, ten women. That's our goal. Just for because of you know it's a COVID year, we can't have and we can't have a ton of people on that course because it's very short. It's a non-drafting race, so it's kind of tricky to get a huge field out. Um, yeah, so like we want all Canadian pros, like basically we want the top long course and ITU pros to be doing this race. Um, we've been in contact with virtually all, all the top pros and everybody wants to race and is behind trying to make it happen. And I'm quite confident that very soon, if not before this episode even airs, we're going to have confirmed another two to four athletes, um, who are going to be racing. So, you know, I can't name any for sure names, but I know that like some people that have been helping with trying to, you know, bring together sponsorship and, and support, uh, would be like Brent McMahon and Rachel McBride. They're both really on board out from out West, both of them, um, to try to make this happen. And 
it is going to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, what, what funds come in, like how much can we add to that prize purse? How much, how many athletes can we afford to fly out to this race? Um, so Dude, yeah, you need to, it's pretty cool. you need to bring that's the Wartels out of retirement for this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll send him a message and be like, Hey, uh, do you want to, you should, you know, help us promote, but bring your motorcycles out yeah. and you can get live moto coverage oh, from trevor that'd be cool <laughs> hey maybe they would maybe they would um maybe they would garrick are you gonna race i won't i'll be in michigan so with the borders closed i won't be able to hop back across the border oh frig off with the michigan michigan's yeah. garbage right now no one <laughs> no one's happy there that's, yeah. that's where my home state is and i can tell you they're they're pissed nobody's ever yeah. been happy there <laughs> well they are when you go above the midline of the hand um, true. it's definitely nicer. It's always better yeah. up North than Michigan. That's true. Yeah. But, but that's great. I mean, Garrick, like we got to get you racing again soon, man. So you better make oh, up I your know. own race in Michigan. Well, he's yeah. just, he's just leaving just in time to miss the only race of the year. So yeah, oh, but, <laughs> but it sounds like there's, there's some racing going on in Michigan already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's been oh? a few things I've seen. I've been on the little race calendar thing there yeah. and there's been a couple races going on i've been in touch with a few people and even if i have to drive a couple hours to another state because there's stuff going on like carolinas and stuff so then maybe you know with the van i can do that i can swing a weekend trip oh yeah dude you're mobile yeah a couple hours from michigan to carolina a few it's hours like <laughs> nine nine hours ten hours well after after you drive 45 hours in three days coming back <laughs> An hour seems like a couple hours. Sky's the limits, man. That's what, after I did my 100K ultra, now I'm like, man, I can go for a three-hour run. That's easy, man. It's yeah. like pebbles. So, but, so Nick, I, I have a question with regards to your 100K run there, though. How, yeah. how did you change up your training heading into that, coming off of, like, Ironman prep? You're getting ready for St. George and this 100K race. Yeah, I kind of would say I, uh, I gave myself four weeks of – I even I thought I was gonna be able to get a thirty miler in, but I just couldn't. My I had ran into a bit of a hip issue. I saw this dude. I was like, man, I'm gonna go to this muscle realignment guy and see if he can help me out. And he like realigned me too well, and then I like pulled a muscle in my hip. <laughs> so I could only go like the longest run I could do is like twenty three miles, um, but it still took you know five hours in the in the trail. So the training was just all trails, uh, practicing trail shoes, uh, you know, hydration packs. I got, I actually lined up with a new sponsor, ultra Spire, who's, um, you know, they're legendary in the sport. They sponsor speed goat who is just, you know, the, the legend within ultra marathon. Um, so the training was just more mileage as slow as you can hiking huge peaks, just like we do on, on race day, getting the chucking poles test tested, but man, the hardest thing learning how to hike, fast like i just got these big old cycling legs and i can't get the old hips moving that quick that's the only downside how did you find descending down those technical mountain trails it takes a couple of weeks to teach yourself to not look straight in front of you you got to look down the trail and like use your peripheral so eventually you just you just say fuck it and you just like you let your body go and you just make sure that wherever you're going you know, like your knees and your ankles can handle it. So that's kind of how it's done. Like you don't want your quads to be hitting the brakes the whole time. Cause then you burn them out on the downhill. So you want to just be like a little springy, but it took, I mean, I still wasn't very good at it, but it took a while to get decent. 
Yeah, man. Watching those guys, those like professional ultra runners descend oh, is, it's, it's scary. It's terrifying. Like It's like they're like a Baja truck and they got shock absorbers, like just like hitting everything. Just like, and fearless, like fearless for their ankles. They don't even care. No, I guess like you think the more you roll them? it, the better. <laughs> you think they just tape them so that they can't possibly roll? I think they I need think the so. flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we don't know anything about ultras. Yeah. You can go to a different ultra podcast if you want real advice on ultras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just like the very basic. Yeah, go listen. To like, yeah, you gotta go downhill. So you mean when you're going downhill, <laughs> you careful. run, or like you use your hands? <laughs> yeah, you can go listen to like Ginger Runner or VO2 Max Productions if you want some good ultra. I'd say bring stuff. a sled. Bring a sled, yeah. And now we're Have gonna a... expect them to expect them to plug us for triathlon. So. No. So did you get um, your did you get your golden ticket, Nick, to Western States? <laughs> no, but I I did get some UTMB points. So oh, man. nice. Woo. <laughs> I think there's like four points I got for this race. Oh man! So I think I would only have to do like two more ultras to get enough points to put myself in the lottery. That's nothing. Which I won't do. <laughs> I am gonna do um in October. I'm gonna do rim to rim to rim in the grand canyon with a couple of pals for fun and then we're also planning like a three-day mountain bike camp trek experience to the grand canyon after that so nice. got some fun stuff planned since nothing else happening yeah morgan's mom um who's for those listening that's my girlfriend her mom did rim to rim to rim and cool story not cool terrifying she <laughs> left her nutrition back at the her house she had like pre- prepared wraps and stuff and she did the whole thing on a cliff bar a gel and uh camelback she, that's like 40 something miles or so oh god it'd be terrible yep. did she yeah. just like ask each person what they had extra i was like <laughs> oh i got a cliff bar oh, i got <laughs> a gel me, sounds like give me a squirt of a gel just a squirt <laughs> yeah wow well i think Jack, you've got the most pressure and stress on yourself right now, given what's ahead of you to try to put on a race. Um, so just to finalize that, like what dates are you shooting for and when do you need to have everything squared away to where you're going to be comfortable to put this thing on? Um, well, okay. So we are leaning, leaning towards September 12th or 19th. It was looking more like September 12th. Now it's looking more like 19th because of just, since it's for the athletes and by the athletes, we're going to go by when most of us can go. Um, slight chance for the last weekend in September, but I'm hoping not because I don't want to push it that late. And um, like this thing's happening for sure. Like we have people in the driving. If it, if it just ends up being people who, who can drive, which I, I don't think is likely, but um, then it's still happening and we, we still have a commitment to do it because we're within the regulations. The only possible way I could see it getting canceled is if, you know, there's a huge spike in COVID around this area and the government just shuts down groups of anything over 10 or something, then, okay, then we're screwed. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, if people want to get involved or think it's cool, maybe Garrett can throw a link up to the website, the website contribute page. What's and it it's called? You haven't even mentioned it. Canadian Pro Tri Champs. Okay. What, what? Why did you come up with a championship as your first ever endeavor? Well, it is basically we want it to be something that happens every year. 
and we want the pros to really like this is designed around giving something awesome to the pros and awesome to the triathlon community. We're not putting on a massive age group race and we're also bringing together long course and ITU, which is just like, that's never been seen in my triathlon career. I've never seen that in Canada. I've never seen that anywhere, period. Um, so that's why we want it to be like a Canadian championship for, you know, every, every triathlete. It's not the ITU. It's not the Ironman. It's, you know, just for Canadian pros. Um, so, so I can never come race it basically even after COVID. Well, actually we could still have, you know, Canadian national championships. You still have people from other countries like the Canadian national champs. There's always like half the field is American. So, okay. uh, in the future years, we, we may, or I don't even know, let's just focus on this year and we'll worry about you later. Well, okay. So, so well, speaking <laughs> of age groupers, have you, has anyone thrown you any shade because you haven't been putting on this massive production for everybody? Uh, I haven't had shade for that. There's, it's been really positive. Like honestly, from everyone except this one random dude who's basically like, yeah, you guys are just keeping all this money for yourselves. And there's only like three of you who train together who are doing it. And you're just going to keep it all and call it a championship. And it's, you know, it's not very, what do you say? He's like, it's in poor taste or something. And this was literally, within 24 hours of when the website was made. (laughs) So I'm like, we're getting everybody involved. It's just starting. Um, Please don't make assumptions before you really know what you're freaking talking about here. Basically what this guy is saying is that he's really mad that pro athletes are making money for showcasing the race or showcasing themselves. Pretty much. (laughs) And he like, he was he actually initially had emailed saying, Oh, you know, do, do you have an age group race? I'd really like to do a national championship. And he's one of these people who thinks the word championship belongs to like the ITU or something and that they can just claim rights over everything triathlon. So anyway, there's just honestly one dude, everybody else, like I've had age group reaching groupers reaching out saying, man, this is awesome. I can't wait to watch. This is going to motivate me in my training. Like, we just, we want the community to get behind this and to say, you know what, there's value in a pro race. There's value for sponsors showcasing, you know, a video production for pros. And this can, you know, this can be something we do every year and we should do every year because, you know, this is an opportunity for us to focus on that. And we want to show what is still possible and safe at a time when you can't have a race with 10,000 people. Or yeah, whatever. So. This is honestly, this is filling a hole that we've always needed in Canada and that we've never had, like we've never had a Canadian pro championships. We've had, we have ITU nationals, which is, is fine, but this is like all the pros racing each other and coming, finding some common ground and racing each other. And that's awesome because we never get to see guys like Tyler Mislachuk, Mislachuk go against like you or a Lionel or a Cody. Right. So we yeah. don't know. And, and the distance is so fair and the course almost, you know, plays into those ITU guys' hands, but without drafting, which is pretty cool as well. And, and there's money yeah. and there's money to be made. Like in Ontario, I think we have like one pro race and it's not even a real, like really a big pro race. It's more just enough to get the local guys out to, to make a little bit of money. Right. Yeah. Which is, which which is man. Great. And it's an awesome race. And that's something the race director, when he built his race, we had him on John Salt. He, he identified as something that we needed and and he needed for his race and now we get you know all the canadians in ontario to make money which is amazing yeah yeah and john is behind it john from uh you know barrel man and and multiple canada triathlon series they're partnering they're offering 
you know, that's one of the things if you're in Ontario, they're offering a 25% off one race for next year. If you contribute at the $50 level, go and check, check out what else you can get. It's only being added to, we're going to have tons of sponsor offers on there and yeah, the whole community, like, like Eric said, there's just nothing for all Canadians that it actually has been ever worth it to go to. The only kind of big prize money races are the Ironman events in uh, Mont Tremblant, which are great, but the ITU guys aren't going to race a half. So this is totally, you know, it's for the pros and that's why it's a pro championship because it's for the pros and you know, we want to, we want it to be something cool for age groupers and everyone to watch too. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's great, man. And, and, and in closing, I think like, I just need to applaud you all for putting this together. This can't, I don't see this happening in the USA unless it was like a Boulder, Boulder, Colorado driven initiative when all the pros in Boulder were like, you know, what, we're all just going to make a race. Like this wouldn't really necessarily happen in the U S like the, yeah. what you all are doing in Canada is just freaking phenomenal that you can just be like, you know what? Got support out the out the ass within a week and it's only going to grow and we've got we're putting on an event that's going to be produced well and i do it like i've been watching so much red bull tv lately like we you guys just gotta use this as an opportunity to like look what we made red bull sponsor this race and then you could have like like a little red bull tri-series in other provinces like it's just something you could really snowball into something really cool you can make like a three race series throughout the year and i just can't wait to see what this grows into i know the venue is probably going to change due to whatever you know it's hard to hold a construction development for that many years but i think that's the only thing you're really going to be up against is finding a a venue that's going to be permanent so you've got race directors you've got connections you've got basically the canada like collective behind you dude so you're going to make this thing awesome and I can't wait to see it happen and come out there and race your event that you've been pouring over once, you know, the borders are open and you guys aren't trying to kill us at the border. Like, I think I saw something. I think you're trying <laughs> to kill us want... at the border. Our border <laughs> officers don't even have guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys just got maple syrup to get us all sticky. You're like, ah, oh. yeah. we're like, man, why'd you spray syrup on me? It's tasty. Yeah. But anyways. Thanks dude. Um, I appreciate the support, man. And, and, like, it doesn't matter where we hold this in future years. Like, we could move it every year. We could, you know, it's not about where it is. It's about who it is and who yeah. it's for and who it's by. So, um, yeah, we're just – we're trying to bring the triathlon community together. And I think, you know, you guys should do that out in the West Coast there and get something together for American pros because, you know, maybe we'll lead by example and, and other countries will start doing this, and that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be stellar. Well, I think it's uh, – it's a good time to end. Thanks for your input, your hard work, Garrett. Thanks for coming back to us, man. We love having you back uh, with the old van life perspective. So yeah, Garrick, last, any final thoughts and then roll us out. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for coming on and listening to us catch up over zoom and publish it as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, check out the link to the race. Cause we're, I think all of us here are super excited for that race and super pumped i'm very disappointed to be missing it but check out the link i'll have it posted in the description guys it was great to talk to you again hopefully we can stay in touch for the rest of the weeks continued yes better <laughs> but yeah from now on uh we are signing out so peace out, out.
Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.